Good evening, everybody. <coughs> the first of the eighth month. Hallelujah. First day. We had an awesome time of prayer in the morning. I thank God for what He's doing and He's uh, equipping the church. And this evening, as we come to a 26th QA, the first one for this eighth month, I like when a month begins on a Sunday or a Saturday. It's awesome to start in God's rest, then go into the month. So this evening, when as we are here with your questions, we have we have quite a few questions, and we trust God He will give us the wisdom, the understanding to answer you. Some of the questions are like uh, the questions which sages had for centuries, for hundreds thousands of years. But it's a important question, so in every generation we'll put in our two bits <laughs> to try to figure out the answers. But we will try to stick to scripture as far as possible because the word of God God has exalted it, magnified it above all his name. So we will always try to stick to scripture. So this evening, before we start, Pastor Vijay, once again, I will request you to lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again for this time. Thank you, Father, for this first day of the eighth month. Yes, Lord, what an awesome privilege, O Lord, to be found in your presence, begin this month in your presence from rest, Father. I pray, Lord, that even as we, Father, go through this time of question and answers, O Lord, that you would grant us all the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would anoint all of us, Father, for us to answer and all of us to understand, not just the letter, but the intent, the heart of God, in especially in these last days, O oh Lord Jesus. Touch, touch every one of us, Father, enable us to have a blessed time in your presence once again. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So the question that we will start with is because we're going through this time of prayer. Uh, this is from last time. It's a, it's a question on prayer. Um, the questioner asks, our God is a sovereign God. Question number four in the, from the last time. Question four from, oh, the, from last time. You go to the latest one. Yes, then. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, one second. One second, Pastor. I think, I don't think. Updated. Yeah, for question number two, sorry. Question number two, it says, Our God is a sovereign God. He is still God even without humans, and He has the power to destroy the devil also. Then what significance does the prayers of these little human beings have in that spiritual realm? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> part of this answer in a different context, I think we answered one of the messages or also in the Q&A. If you look at, uh, again, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse uh, 28, Genesis 1 and verse 28. The Lord blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So you will see once God creates earth, then he creates man, Adam and Eve. He puts them there 
he gives some dominion he gives the meaning what we have is uh, we have is authority given by god mm. god the earth and its fullness all of creation everything belongs to god but uh, as far as earth is concerned he gives it to man now you need to understand god's kingdom we have heard it so much but uh, the scepter of his kingdom is the scepter of righteousness yes. and it's very difficult for us until we enter into eternity to understand the full depth of what righteousness means hmm. our fallen nature still struggles to understand the righteousness of god that's why we are asked to seek his righteousness because we have self righteousness the righteousness of the law the righteousness of religion all kinds of righteousness which is like holding a candle to the sun hmm. okay to understand the righteousness of god so when god gives dominion to man man is ruling on behalf of god mm. okay ownership is god's always ownership is god's so man is ruling on behalf of god so when man is ruling on behalf of god and god has given it he is not taking it back yes. so when adam and eve when they fall for satan's lie and they pass it over to him authority is passed over to him okay so now he rules even if you you will you will never see uh satan ruling directly anything he rules it through, through men yes and even when the antichrist comes you will see satan gives his power to the antichrist the antichrist is a human being mm. not a demonic being mm. it's a human being empowered and possessed by the devil okay because he cannot subvert god's order <laughs> so what he does is through deception he rules mankind through mankind So in chapter 3 of we don't have to go there chapter 3 of Genesis you will see the devil coming uh, through the serpent see what is wrong is not temptation mm. temptation is not wrong yes what happened is when adam and eve were tempted or eve was tempted what she didn't do is cross check mm. she didn't do is cross check she should have cross checked with adam source one he is the first one who heard from god directly and if adam had a doubt he should have cross checked with god god okay so that's all so what is primarily prayer prayer in its ultimate form for the redeemed man is how he exercises god's authority on earth amen that's what we rule by prayer yes we yes. rule by prayer okay like in the old days you know when royalty and kingdoms were there and all even when you made a request it was always termed as prayer i yes. make a prayer mm. okay so what do we do when we pray that's why when they ask them to teach them to pray he said this is how you need to pray they mm. look at the prayer you will understand what you are doing in that prayer your name your kingdom your will be done mm. on earth the rest of it is connected with to keep us clear mm. to see that we are doing these things at mm. the end of the prayer we are still acknowledging thine is the kingdom the power and the glory yes so god in his sovereignty in his righteousness in his kindness his love his mercy in his trust he asks man to rule earth on his behalf yeah. and how do we rule we rule it by prayer. prayer in prayer we understand what is the will of god for a particular situation mm. and then we ex- receive the power of the holy spirit and when we exercise it personally now it comes to like when we say thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth it begins with me it doesn't begin with any, anybody else first it begins with me matthew 6 you have given uh, romans 8 uh, uh, from yeah. 
you have been you and I have been given spears of authority. Okay. Romans chapter 8. Okay. Oh, sorry, not eight. Romans five. Romans five. Okay. Verse seventeen and then verse twenty-one. Okay. Five seventeen. For if by one man's offense death reigned through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign, reign in, in life. life. So we are asked to reign in life. Mm. Okay, we are asked to reign. Each one individually is asked to reign. Reign means to rule. And how do we reign? We reign through prayer. Through prayer we understand God's will for a particular situation. Okay, what is revealed in scripture and then personally. And then I need power. Mm -hmm. I need power. Okay, I need power. And if you come to the last verse of the chapter again, in verse 21. For as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through the Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we acknowledge the authority of God, we acknowledge the power of God, and incorporating it through prayer life, we reign in life. Mm -hmm. That's why scripture says in Romans 6.14, sin shall not have dominion over you, because you are no longer under the law, you but are under grace. grace. So we reign over sin. When I reign over sin, and if you honestly look at as a believers, if you look at it, when you go through, I mean, actually, when you have grown and understand the kingdom of God, when you go through a 24-hour period where you actually know you have overcome, that's one of the most satisfying days in your week. When you know that you encountered every temptation thrown at you by the enemy and you actually overcame it by faith, through grace, you did it, you will see that is the most satisfying thing for the spirit. You know, today was a triumphant day. The Hallelujah. reason is, Hallelujah. you didn't fall here, you didn't fall here, mm. you didn't fall in action. And you know it is triumphant. And when you do that, you are actually exercising God. And how did it happen? Because you prayed. Mm. Lead me not into temptation. temptation. Deliver me from the power of the evil one. That's a prayer. And God listens to your prayer and says, okay, fine. Temptation will come, but I will give you power to overcome it. Okay, that's how his son prayed, and mm. that's how he overcame every day. Mm. So prayer, okay, prayer, and then of course it goes further and further and further. Like today we had a different session, okay. If you know that uh, yesterday, okay, yesterday I was telling Pastor Vijay, I didn't know that he really doesn't didn't come. I didn't even think it that way, okay. But um, he said, Pastor Vijay, we have gone through. You see, God has uh, in 25 years I have worked with all denominations. I preached in every church, every denomination currently we know of, like most Lutheran, CSI, Baptist, even once in a Catholic meeting. Like I gave up the gospel in their hall, not in their church. They refused to go in the church because of the idol. Okay. But one of the things God has always told them is that <coughs> the baptism of the Holy Spirit in terms of power, if we ignore it, mm. It's not that you are not saved. Mm. Like, I don't believe in those extreme Pentecostal sources. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit and don't speak in tongues, you are not saved. I don't believe that because scripture does not prove that. If you look in scripture, Jesus breathed upon his disciples in, on the day of resurrection evening. They were saved. But he said, do not leave Jerusalem until you have received the gift, power. You will have power to be a witness. The more you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is more power. So we thought, okay, we went this far. Now let us go to the next stage, 
without disturbing because even in our own church we have people from every kind of background who have come and some of them may have a mental block to it because of received teaching but we go through it gently we go through it gently so they are also exposed to it and they realize there is power and when that happened today like the reports I have already got it from three different nations is so many like 32 people in three different places received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when they joined and these are all new converts and they are excited to receive what they are wanting for okay they are looking for so others may be disappointed but you don't have to be disappointed you just have to wait you have to believe if you ask Jesus said if you ask your father will he give for fish will he give you a serpent or how much more your father will give you the Holy Spirit okay? so we have to wait trust believe every day ask but that is how you reign so prayers have its, it, it, that's the way three. There is prayer, there is praise, there is proclamation. These are the ways in which we reign on God's behalf. And it begins with me. Personally, it begins. And then when you get married, it begins with your home. It begins with your home. And then when you become a shepherd, because God has given spheres mm. of authority. One of the fundamental things which we taught in the beginning is don't judge where God has not given you authority. Judge in the sense of ruling, not to make a judgment. I'm not talking about that. Don't rule where you have not given the authority. But authority without power is meaningless. Mm. Authority with power is meaningless. Okay, That's the entire um, junk that's happening in U.S., the demonic agenda behind defunding the police. If you defund the police, what you will have is the purpose of the government is to bring law and order. So without the police, how do you have law and order? How do you have law and order? So what happens when you take the the police off? Who takes care of law and order? If you see in parts of Minneapolis, what are happening is vigilante groups have joined to bring law and order. But that's a very dangerous thing. <laughs> that's how the you there are a lot of places in the world where the mafia controls and the police don't go over there, and you have to pay the mafia for protection. Mafia. Even in this city, there are places where cops won't go. They won't go. They won't go. It's very dangerous to go in over there. And what happens to the people who are there? You have to give protection money. Okay? So you need to understand. You can, there's no point of authority without power. So Jesus says, all authority and power is given. So I have been given authority by Jesus Christ. Reign in life. Where do I get the power? Mm. Through grace. That's the grace. The power of the Holy Spirit. Through grace you reign in righteousness. So, how do I appropriate it? Through prayer. It's your prayer life by which you exercise God's dominion over earth. You know? And right now we are talking about lives and one day the meek will inherit the earth. That's that's how I read prayer as. It actually says in Psalm 115 verse 16, it's a very interesting verse, you can see it. Psalm 115 verse 16, actually what you're talking about, it says the earth and the fullness the heaven and the heavens are the Lord's. Okay. Earth, that that's his, that's yes. his realm. Okay. But the earth he has given to the children of, children of men. That is where he says, what do you bind on earth? When he, when he says he's given it to men, it's, he's not sold it to us. Mm, no, no. We are still holding it yes. in his name, stewardship. Mm. We're just holding it. We are stewards. Okay. So we exercise power and authority. We receive guidance, power, authority is given. We receive guidance, and power through prayer. Mm, man. Yes, that's right. So, <coughs> it's uh, question number 
six. It says, uh, have you ever come, because we were talking about reigning, yeah. have you ever considered the difficulties Jesus faced while he lived on earth? Was it as bad as we face in these last days? See, there is no comparison. <coughs> uh, like one of the co- frequent sentences, exclamations, we as pastors face when somebody comes and tells you, I have no clue what I am going through. My usual response is absolutely true. I have no clue what you are going through. Because that's why we never, what we, what we never try to take lightly the pain or the suffering of somebody else, because we are not in their shoes. Though, like Dr. Richard is here as a doctor, he's got 15 patients coming in one after another, and all 15 can one day have the same disease. But he gives each one of them time. First one, you know. Second one, I don't. I, you don't have to speak anything here. Take your medicine and go. Okay, doc, government hospitals, it happens. The private hospital, they give you time. They check, even though it's exactly the same thing. The reason is that you treat each person differently because they come with their own setup. So when you talk about somebody going through persecution in the first century and somebody going through persecution in the twenty-first century, is it the same? At one level, it is the same. Like, you know, this is common about all of us. Uh, I'm talking about physical pain. Okay? People are not so afraid of death. They're more afraid of the pain that accompanies death. Okay? I mean, I'm talking about believers. And believers are afraid of death because it's a vacuum. Nobody is very sure. Those who are sure are not afraid of death. But everybody is afraid of death. If, if I were to tell any one of us sitting over here, okay, you're going to die tomorrow, your head is going to be chopped off. You're not worried about the death, you're worried about the head being chopped off. I mean, even an injection, we flinch. <laughs> we flinch. And if you have to give an IV, that bigger needle actually gives you palpitations. Okay, but you realize after it is over, it wasn't so bad. No, like when I went through, I realized it wasn't so bad. It isn't so bad. But the thing is that we have to understand when we are talking about bad days, terrible times, the pain part is there. The pain part is there. And that is very common. Torture in the first century, the torture in the middle ages, and we have refined it today. We have refined it today. Where today, they, when they torture you, they have the new forms. Mm. Old forms, okay, because the technology has... Uh, has uh, improved. Torture also has improved. Okay, where they can, I, I, I mean, I've read up and I've understood that in those terrible nations, they can give you medications which makes every nerve, the pain level is so high. You know, all kinds of things they can do. And also depends. There are what you call uh, sadists who enjoy torturing and there are others who are not interested in the torture, they are interested in the information information. So they say that all kinds of drugs they can inject and get the information out of you without even you realizing it. So it all depends. So when you're talking about bad days, it's a very large term. What do you mean by that? Are you talking about the physical pain? Are you talking about the emotional stress? Hmm. Stress you're going through? Okay, It all depends. It, it all depends upon So what did Jesus go through? And at what I personally believe is that no man before or after has ever gone through what Jesus went through. Yes. Simply because what was demanded of him. 
None, nobody before or after him, after Adam fell, has ever been demanded from the time you are born till the day you die, you cannot sin. If you sin, your purpose is about. So what he's facing is completely different. Like, we are still not so afraid, oh, if I am sinned, then my salvation is no. We can run back and receive mercy and start all over again. We know that. But he didn't have that option. No option. He yeah. didn't have that option. Therefore, what Jesus went through is not comparable. We are not even talking about pain. Mm. When it comes to pain, others have gone through much more physical pain than he has gone through. Yes. His torture yeah. is nothing compared to what some of people they have been tortured for weeks and months and not even allowed to die. Even when CIA uses waterboarding, they know exactly how many minutes you can survive. And then at the one second before that, they take you out. Okay, and they do it over and over and over and over until, until you, they get the information out. Okay, but Jesus was not tortured like that. But his torture was something even worse, which is spiritual. Because a perfect, pure, holy God upon whom sin comes the sin of all mankind. We will never experience, experience that. that exactly. we, will never, we will never even understand that mm -hmm. because we are, we are fallen people. We are shaped in, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So what it is that he went through, we will never understand. We will never understand. Martyrdom, others have gone through. Okay, martyrdom, others have gone through. But what he went through, so each age has its struggles and its temptations. It will be different. Mm -hmm. It will be different. So this is this question came from you as from a young man. But when you ask that question, the difficulties which Jesus faced is different. It's completely different. What he faced through is absolutely totally because he had to be perfect. And he had to, in the process, he had to learn obedience and not yet fall. The Bible says he was tempted at all points and yet did not sin. That is never written about any man. No man ever in history, from Adam till the last man, will be tempted and was found with sin. He was found without sin. So his struggle is different. But there are common ways we all struggle. There are very, very common. That's because it's common. At the end of the day, if you put in mass terms, permutation, combination, you can put all mankind into a particular circle. You can't go beyond that. Mm. Everybody falls somewhere around this set of pain, suffering. But we consider each one's Individually. Individually. Because God looks at as individuals, so we also consider what they go through. Yes, well, so the, the very fact that what he experienced on the cross is totally, like we, you remember we were um, we were teaching once about dogs surrounding, bulls of Bashan surrounding, what he experienced on the cross we'll is never absolutely, it's, we'll it's, never. Can, it doesn't matter which time frame he would have come, if this time or that time, it would have been, yeah, it have the, been the, the same, same because he, he became sin for the whole world. Yeah, been the same, so. Yeah. so this is uh, question number four. Why is it so difficult for a Catholic to repent and turn from the lies? What is the issue? As an ex-Catholic, <laughs> as directed at... This ex-Catholic—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not just. I mean, this is a Catholic asking this question, but it is not Catholics. Uh, it is basically people who have grown up in religion. Like I was a non-practicing, I was a non-practicing what you call uh, Catholic. Catholic. So it was not very difficult for me. I don't know. It was just God uh, protected me. Like, you know, so 
I never was so much exposed to Catholicism as a doctrine, as a religion, because, you know, in the Catholic, when you come, you go through your first communion, the big thing. And we are five, I'm the youngest. So the first one, second one, third one, fourth one, it was big. When it came to me, my father ignored it. He never did it. So I don't know why, because God probably changed his mind, because he knew I was supposed to be come out and called out to be something else. So I never went through my first communion. First communion is also that day the bishop comes, lays hands upon you, so nobody laid hands upon me in the Catholic Church. That's the day, the first day you get your communion in the Catholic Church. I'm the only one in the family who never took communion in the Catholic Church. I never went through those things. Okay? <coughs> but imagine, you're grown up in a fact, even Islam, Islam exactly. or Hinduism, as a Brahmin, as you know, who goes through all the devotions, who have learned all the mantras, the scriptures, or Islam, who practiced when you have come through that, it is it is not easy. It is not easy. That's what this is talking about. It is not easy. Now when you come to the Lord, you know those are lies. But when you are living in it, you do not accept it as lies. You accept it as truth. Mm. It is accepted as truth. That's why Saul of Tarsus needed a divine encounter, mm. a divine encounter <coughs> with God. Divine encounter with and if you look at it, like I was telling the church yesterday, in a Pali meeting, I was telling the church yesterday, we have all kinds of stuff happening uh, in the book of Acts and afterwards. But post-ascension, <coughs> the only person whom Jesus personally comes and encounters and calls is Saul of Tarsus. He doesn't do that with anybody. Hmm. He gives visions, he gives dreams, the Holy Spirit is in charge, but the only person, as far as we know, he personally comes and calls the Saul of Tarsus because I believe before the Holy Spirit came in, Peter jumped the gun and included a twelfth one in the place of Judas. But the call of the apostle is personally from Jesus, the twelve. Yes. There are other apostles, but the twelve, because there are only twelve pillars, gates up there in heaven. The twelve is a personal call from Jesus. So twelve were called, one was a son of perdition, the twelfth one was chosen by the others, and that is not God's. I believe Jesus had to personally encounter Paul and call him. But he's so much in religion mm. and he thinks it is right mm. that God had to have, he had to have a divine encounter with God before he will totally give it away, mm. completely give it away and turn to Christ. And the reason is whether you are a devout Catholic or a devout Muslim or a devout Hindu or a devout Buddhist, a devout. Most people are not. In religion, you need to realize most people are not. We have a, a brother living over there. But he doesn't know his religion. He has never read his text. He just follows what has been told. told. He's not a devout Muslim. In the Outwardly, he may look devout, but he's not a devout in understanding the concepts about Islam. So in every religion, there is only a few set of people who are. And when you have grown up like that, it is something you have nursed in your life all your days you grew up in. it. To give it up, it is not easy. But you have to give it up. Once you are confronted with the truth of God and you realize it is a lie, then you have to repent and come out of it. And God will give you the grace. For me, it was very easy to come out of mm. it because I was never a practicing, practicing Catholic. So it was easy for me to... to come out of it. But for those who are practicing people, it is not easy. It is not easy. 
Many practicing Catholics are not genuine Catholics. They mm. don't understand the dogma of the Catholic Church. They're outwardly following it. Outwardly following it. Most of them don't understand the dogma. Mm. I mean, if you ask you know, any ordinary Catholic, uh, what is the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception? They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. I know, but they don't know. Because I never read it, never studied it. Where does these things all come from? Like if you ask the praying to the saints, do you pray to the saints? Yes. Uh, do you understand the doctrine of praying to the saints? They don't know. They don't understand. No. So if you if you only practice something without understanding the dogma behind it, to leave it's very easy. But you understand the dogma, then you have received the dogma right. has truth. Yes. Yes. Dogma that has, has to be truth. Yes. Then it is it is difficult for you. But then when you encounter with the truth, you repent and you come out. In any religion, it is the same. Any religion. And that it has to be a personal encounter with God. That's why the difference in genuine Christianity is like we say, there's a personal encounter with the living God. There is something that happens inside where you know in your spirit, this is true and this is a lie. Amen. And then you come out. You come out. And God enables you to come out. Yes, Pastor. So the, one of the questions that I always had was, why is this religious spirit, by and large, a very violent spirit? Why is it like that? I mean, it's like, I've seen it, you, if you see Islam... Everywhere, from Abel, Cain onwards. There are two ways. One way of faith. There are only two ways. Why, faith, it's because you have to accept you are wrong. And the human fallen self, the pride of will. Satan doesn't accept he's wrong. Satan doesn't accept his wrong. Till today he won't accept So then why is it has to be turned towards another person to kill him? What what is a Because as it's it's like like see let's say you are fair, hmm. okay? And I am dark. So if I blacken your face a little, I think I look fair. Hmm. There are only two people over there, Cain and Abel. And Abel has been accepted, Cain's offering has been rejected. So if Abel is taken out of the way, then Cain thinks I'm right. That is the cancel culture. The cancel culture. <laughs> I mean, if you're really sure about what you think, why can't you sit and talk? They won't allow you to talk. If you're so absolutely sure about your ideas, you're talking about the liberals, the progressives, why do you have to cancel the conservative speakers? Let us talk. Why are you so afraid? We are not afraid to talk. We'll allow you to come and discuss as long as it's not violent and argumentative. No? Yeah, but why are you not able? Why is that even in Islam? Immediately a fatwa is out. Killer. Why? Why is it? Because truth can stand on its own. No? Truth doesn't need to be to be cut out. Mm. You know? So that's that's the whole thing we need to realize. Uh, that the, the nature of religion itself, the nature of religion, when it becomes religion, and that has been there in every form of Christianity. Catholicism yes. was very violent yes. during the Spanish Civil Inquisition. And in, when England became Protestant, they became violent too. Yes. The Baptists became violent. Everybody became violent. But these uh, Baptists in name, without the spirit. Mm. The difference you need to realize, without the spirit. You can be a particular denomination without knowing Christ. And you're very zealous for your denomination and not for truth. No? Is there anything problematic? Okay. And that's the nature. But... Uh, When you come to Christ, it's the end of religion. End of religion. Hmm. End of religion. So walk with the personal God. Yeah. They have a zeal for God, but not yes. according. No. Not it's according. Not according to knowledge. Truth. Yes. Not according to truth. No. Communists. All of them have zeal. 
is uh, this is question number 7 um what does it mean to wait on the lord it could be years and years or do you manage that <laughs> depends hallelujah depends on, it's not it has to be years and years it depends upon issue hmm. depends upon what you are waiting on for in certain cases you don't even have to wait god would have god will clearly tell you no everything is okay sami because when you move behind the cameras, we also get tension. Yeah. So, so what happens is depends. You know, when you talk about waiting, what are you waiting for? Hmm. What are you waiting for? Okay, what are you waiting for? Okay, let's take the case of Abraham. Uh, God had told him, through you, your seed, all nations will be blessed. So what is he waiting for? He's waiting for his wife is there. He's waiting for a child. But he's got a promise. So he's not waiting in vain. Mm. Not waiting in vain. He's got a promise. The problem is he jumps and tries to do it his own way. Okay, that's where he goes wrong. Isaac also has the same promise. So he waits 20 years. Okay, You have to look at what are you waiting for. What are you waiting for? You cannot wait for something which has not been promised. Mm. You cannot wait for something for which has not been promised. You cannot wait. No, what, I mean, just, you cannot just randomly say, I am waiting. The first question is that, what are you waiting for? So let us say, ask, let us say, okay, Sammy is here. Sammy, before he goes, let's say, Sammy is a young man. He needs, you're 30, Sammy? Yeah, he's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Sammy is 30. He's the age Jesus stepped into ministry. So you say, Sammy, do you want to get married? And Sammy says, yes. Uh, are you waiting? And he says, yes. That can mean many things today. Thank God he's in GTC, so we know he's waiting for a believing girl and not a believing man. So we thought at least that is <laughs> that is uh, that is because there are many choices, all kind of crazy stuff happens. So he's waiting for a believing girl. So we ask Sami, what are you waiting for? And he says, such a such a person am I waiting for? I said, when you're waiting for such a such a person, you're absolutely specific. Have you heard? Hmm. General thing is enough. General thing is one thing. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's general to every believer. But if you go further than that and further than that and further than that and you become to specifics, the question is, have you heard? Have you heard? Mm. Have you heard? Because you have to be very careful. Uh, when you wait for something which is so specific, you can wait in vain if you haven't heard. Mm. You can wait in vain if you haven't heard. So, when you're talking about waiting, the question is, what are you waiting for and how long will you wait? If you have heard, then it does not matter. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. But again, you need to remember, certain things, if it has to come to pass, there are certain conditions also demanded from me. And if I don't meet those conditions and randomly think it will come to pass, it may not come to pass. At all, yes. It may not come to pass. Mm-hmm. may not. Even more. Abraham was promised. But for that to come to pass, Abraham had to come to the end of himself. Yes. So he had to wait 100 years. Yes, yes. He didn't have to actually wait. I mean, you don't have to come to, you don't have to grow till 100 to come to the end of yourself. The people will always ask. You know, there are two ways. Either God breaks you or you break yourself. Hmm. No. And one of the reasons we see the revelation is all given through Apostle Paul is though he started last, 
he came to the end of himself very fast. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to hear. It is easy to hear. Okay, so how long do you have to wait? It depends upon what you are waiting for. Depends upon what you are waiting for. Are you trusting on yourself? Is this your vision or God's vision? Did you hear from God or did you conjuring up something else? So if you heard from God, are you clear about the specifics? Are you clear about the specifics? Now when Moses is sent, uh, he said, go, I will be with you, bring my people out. And you will do these miracles with that rod. He's got an absolute total backing up with God's promise behind it. And then he can just have, all he has to do is hear clearly and do it. And God, is, God makes that distinction. When they leave Israel, Egypt, and the Pharaoh and the army and all of them come and the people start howling and whining and crying when they see, he says, why did you bring us? Wouldn't you have died? The people are screaming and crying and all. And uh, Moses also by mistake joined into that. But God's response is not to the people, to Moses. He says, why are you crying? Hmm. I understand them crying. They don't know me. They don't know me. They haven't received any promise from me directly. They haven't experienced me, but you have. Yes. Why are you crying? Hmm. You are crying. So God deals differently with people. So uh, when you are waiting, one thing we will keep on waiting is for the second coming of the Lord. No man knows. That is the only thing. That is common to every believer of every age. You will keep waiting. No man knows the day or the hour. Even if you read your science correctly, every generation read it. Okay. Every generation had these signs. God, in his sovereignty, has kept it hidden from man. Mm -hmm. Hidden from man. So we'll have to wait. It also depends upon our hope. Says in uh, it says in eight twenty seven of Romans it says mm. we wait for it with patience because in hope that is seen is not hope yeah. who waits for something which is there faith hope and uh, yeah faith hope these are all connected with hearing you cannot have hope unless you have heard yes. what is your hope faith hope no patience in the kingdom of God they are all connected that is why we say hearing is the key Absolutely. if you have been heard where does your faith come from. Mm -hmm. And if you have faith, then you have you can hope for something. Yeah? Okay, we can hope and you can eagerly wait it with perseverance, right? But it's all connected with hearing. hearing yes. You know, God says if you overcome, you will receive your glory, your crown, everything, and also we are able to wait because we have heard it's written, it is promised. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Since we've been talking about marriage, maybe Sammy, it is too sharp yes. the sound, okay? Yes. Question number three. Question number three. three. When God created human as male and female, mm. why are transgenders born that way? Mm. Because it isn't the, isn't the choice they made. Mm. Why do they have to go through all the struggle because of this kind of identity? Audio is not working. Is uh, it's back? Okay. So did we lose some of the answers? Ten seconds. Okay. So so what? When God created human as male and female, mm. why are transgenders born that way? Because it isn't the choice they made. Why do they have to go through all the struggle because of this kind of identity? Okay. Uh, one of the first things which I have to tell you is that we go first back to Genesis chapter 1. Okay. We have to start there. 27. 127. So God, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So, there are only two genders in God's original creation. Okay? Then what you see is 
sin has come, man has fallen, and the system is breaking down. It's breaking down. The whole thing is breaking down. Okay, like uh, you get faulty cards, <laughs> faulty machines, and they're recalled. But this can't be recalled, and the system starts going down. So if you go into Matthew 19 and verse 12, uh, appropriate response from scripture would be like this, if you want to put it in terms of Jesus' times. For there are, we talk about transgenders now, that word is not there in Jesus' time, but a comparable term we can use because we have to understand the principle behind how you handle these things. A comparable term is the term because they were there always. And you look at the categories. There are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. Okay? There are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God, a kingdom of heaven's sake. Who is able to accept it? Let him accept it. Now, I don't believe uh, in transgenderism. Okay? I know there are hermaphrodites. That we know that that's also okay, but uh, they say. I mean, our hero's wife says there is an issue with DNA now in the testing. They are finding it. Okay, so we do not know whether it is manipulated because we do not know there is a lot of stuff that is happening in the hidden world of science, which is a demonic and uh, diabolic. Lot of stuff which nobody has any clue of what is happening to pervert God's creation. But the whole idea is, if you look at it, thing is that you go back to God's original design, God's original design, and there is liberty and freedom. Some of those greatest, like if you look at these eunuchs over there, some of those greatest achievements in God's kingdom were by eunuchs. I believe Nehemiah is a eunuch. I believe Daniel and his three friends were eunuchs. They were made to serve the king's court. That's what they do. So they could trust. That's why some were made eunuchs by men. Mm -hmm. Basically so that they would not have any family and no ties. So their loyalty was only to yeah. only to the king. No? Uh, only to the king. Because, the, Ethiopian uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. The eunuchs who threw Jezebel down. Okay, Jezebel down, okay, eunuchs. So these are fundamental principles. And there God is talking about, there are many who made them eunuchs. Now it is not talking about physically, but talking about spiritually. Made eunuchs with no attachment to anything. If you look at it, Paul is a spiritual eunuch. Paul is a spiritual eunuch, absolutely loyal to his king, to his lord, his king. So when you look at it, you have to look at it. What is God's original design? And if that is God's original design, that's the way it is. And if there is, you are struggling with something, you like, um, like let us say, uh, 10,000 Honda cars came with a fuel injection problem. What do they do? They, would, they call it back, right? They call it back. So why? They take it, the manufacturer calls it back and he fixes it. So if, if I have a gender issue and I'm a believer, who do I go? I go to the manufacturer. Mm. I go back to the manufacturer and say, Dad, I look into it and I realize this is your, no. And I believe you can put me right. Put me right. And you will me, give me the... And if you say, no, it cannot be put to right in this lifetime, but I will give you the grace to overcome each day. No, Because there are a lot of people who are gay and who are believers, genuine believers, and they struggle with every day. 
They want to come out of it every day. And the advice they receive and given is that God will give you the grace until you are delivered out of it. The problem is don't go into that lifestyle. Then it is dangerous. Homosexual tendencies is a temptation. Homosexual lifestyle is sin. Yes. So there are two different things over there. There is temptation. The temptation can be internal through the flesh. It's struggling. Okay, so when you're looking at it, we are talking about where it comes into a lifestyle. When it comes into a lifestyle, and when a lifestyle becomes sinful in God's, you go back to the Creator, and you ask for deliverance, and you ask for grace, and He will take you through. Because you always have to go back. You see, the Bible is very, very clear about it. If you look, if you know, the New Covenant is written in Greek. In Greek, there are three terms, three genders, male, female, and neuter, neuter gender. And when the Holy Spirit is mentioned throughout the Gospel of John and all that, the word in Greek is pneuma. And pneuma in Greek is neuter. But it is never written pneuma as neuter in Greek. It's always masculine. Mm-hmm. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not it. Mm-hmm. And he's masculine. And he's masculine. You see? But pneuma, wind, you will never say he. But the Holy Spirit, though Greek... To be grammatically correct, it has to be put as it. It is not it. It's always he. It's always he. Always he. Okay, that's how it is put across. Okay, so we have to understand and look at the solution. You always have to believe. You know, you always have to believe. He created me. I'll go back to my creator and he'll put me right. I want to stay within his order. I want to stay with his order. All the last days, all the struggles will come. All these struggles will come. It will come because it is part of the diabolic plan. The whole part of the diabolic plan is all these things will come. I told you first it was uh, with uh, uh, sexuality. Now it is connected with gender because they want to. Because the whole idea is, let us say, the militant feminist movement began. After that came the homosexual militant movement. Then came the transgender. Why is, who does all these three actually affect? It affects the male. Masculinity has gone. The man has been emasculated. Why? Because God is a father. What is missing in the world? The father is missing. The authority of the father is missing. It has been taken away. So the entire thing is basically directed not even against man. It's directed against God. Because God is a father. So they will always talk about toxic patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and all these words are being used. These are demonic agendas. Behind it, there are demonic agendas. There are demonic agendas behind that. That's why I was talking about when women rule, children are the oppressors. Who are the children? Who are the children? The children are these movements. These movements. Okay? And you look at these three women. You can say anything against a man. Nobody will agitate. They will all stand and clap. But you touch a woman, you touch a gay, or you touch a transgender. All hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. You know what they are trying to do? They are preparing the whole set for the Antichrist to come. Antichrist. But the mother is the woman. That's why the woman is riding the beast. The woman is riding the beast. Riding the beast. And that's what you see everywhere. Even in homes, that's where, that's where, the, where the struggle begins at the home. And people laugh when they say, I wear the pants at home. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? So, God's solution is not to change the society. God's solution is to change the homes, the Christian homes. 
And it starts with the individual at the home. And if it does not start with the home, nothing is going to happen. And churches are fighting for these rights without understanding the demonic agenda. No? Understanding the demonic. So you need to realize this is all part of it. And what do you do? You go back to the truth and the truth sets you free. First you have to accept the truth. Accept the truth. That what I am struggling with is abnormal. It is not the norm. It is not the norm. It is that is against God's order. If you are let us let us say if you are a rebellious wife, you look into the word, submit your husband in all things. That is not the order. This is the order. Lord help me. Help me, Lord. Okay. You are struggling with gay tendencies. That is not the order. It's an abomination to the Lord. Okay, it's an abomination to the Lord. Okay. Because these are all pictures. <laughs> These are all pictures. That's why the woman is called, the, the church is called the bride. And Jesus is the bridegroom. So there are pictures put over there and then you have transgender over there. Again, you have to look at what does God's order say and accept it first. Because unless you accept it, as that's why they are militant about it. Because they want to normalize deviant behavior. That is it. They are so militant about it. They are, they are not, they are saying, they are not saying that I am straight, that straight is wrong. They are saying straight, gay, transgender, everything is equally normal. That's what they are asking. Oh. Equally normal. And that's what's happening in the schools in California and all the transgender, the, the treatment the children are getting, homophobic literature, the drag queen coming into public libraries and reading those stories, everything is... Because you can raise up a generation who will think it is, it, it's okay. You can raise up a generation. Once a generation is grown up, it's time for the Antichrist to come because he's got his people. He got his people. He got his people. Okay? It can, it can permeate like Sodom and Gomorrah where Lord is trying to negotiate with them. Leave this man, I'll give you my daughters. I Meaning he doesn't even have any... You look at the negotiation that is talking place at the road door, a righteous man. And it is a norm. It's a norm that they have sex with every new man who comes over there. <laughs> and they say, bring that, guys, out. You look, it's become the norm. There is militant homosexuality, militant transgender movement. When it becomes militant, you need to realize judgment is at the door. Then it becomes, they were in the closet. Now they have come out. Now what is happening? The normal man, according to God's scripture, is in the closet. He is being forced. He is being forced. Okay. And that's why you need, I mean, you had same-sex unions that was allowed. They were not satisfied. They wanted same-sex marriage. Because the term marriage is a scriptural term between a man and a woman. They wanted that taken out. And this is, this, you cannot say a male and a female is the norm. No, it's not the norm. This is also the norm. So what happens? That's why the Bible says, evil will be called good and good will be called evil. And we have to see the agenda behind all these things that are happening. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So how much of this thing is a spiritual illness and how much of it is a mental illness? Mental malady? Or it's neither mental nor spiritual. It will become mental and spiritual. The thing is that... Uh, uh, if you look, go to the <coughs> last words of the book of Romans, chapter 1. Yeah. It's a judgment of God. No, no, no. The last uh, words of Romans, chapter 32. 
who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Okay, now there is a, this, you have to read it a little more, meaning, when God created us, he created us in his own image. Genesis 1 is very clear, he created in his image. So our image, the primary image of God is, God is uh, holy, righteous, everything. The other image of God is that God is truth. What is true, whatever God is, is true. Ultimately, we will realize whatever God is, is true. And because God created in our image this one thing about man, unlike any other animals or anything, man cannot live without truth. Whenever you try to live without the truth, you go insane. You cannot live without truth. So the problem is God has created us in that image. So when your behavior becomes deviant, deviant means you have deviated away from the truth as revealed by God. You have to create your own truths to be able to live that. That is why you have homosexual theories. You don't just have homosexual behavior. You have homosexual theories. And all the humanities in the Ivy League, colleges, universities, they teach you homosexual theories. You cannot just have transgenderism. You also have to have transgender theories that support you because you need that. Mm. Okay, Penguins, they say, have homosexual behavior. They don't need a theory. Dogs have homosexual, uh, this thing, dogs have homosexual behavior. They don't need a theory because they don't live by truth. Okay? Okay. Thou shall not commit adultery. It doesn't apply to a dog because the truth applies only to man. Okay? The dog commits adultery. Thou shall not commit incest. Dog commits incest. So whenever people, you see that is what gives over to a depraved mind. What happens is, when you go down that road and also create theory supporting it, we just become like animals. We just become like animals. And one of the signs of it being is that if you look in Romans chapter 1, scripture says they started worshipping all creepy, crawly, created animals. They started. Basically what the animal nature they have accepted inside is being projected into the uh, idols outside. And God has allowed them to go that way. He changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. And if you look at any of these animals and this thing, most of them has this deviant behavior. <coughs> deviant behavior. They all have this deviant behavior. You know, and that's, that's, that's where it comes. And you have to look at it. I know it's hard to hear, but only the truth sets you free. Pastor, this is question is from uh, home, from Reverend Law Ministries. So this is asking: Is it wrong to say you are okay when you are actually or not? Would you call that pretense? I do that often, but I hate complaining, and I rather just ask God to take it away from me. Again, it is uh, situational. There are two things. When you and I say, okay, you say, okay, by faith, even when you are not okay by sight. Okay. Now, when you say you are okay by faith, again, uh, there are degrees of faith. Like I said, there are certain situations, uh, there are certain situations where you are able to say, okay, only because you have heard. 
there are certain situations you are able to say okay even though you have been heard specifically but because it is written and it is the same truth for every man let us say all of us sitting here we are five of us sitting over here we five let us say we are all born again baptized believers so if somebody were to ask you what if you die tomorrow all of us will say it's okay did we hear will die tomorrow no what do we mean by okay we mean we are saved if we die die tomorrow we can't stop it but we mean by okay it means we will all go to heaven we are not afraid of that on the other hand let us say like i said a simple example uh, let us say dr richard is over here in the prayer closet he hears from god you will be working with the patients you will be going to hospitals and all but covid will not touch you now he has heard so if people ask him you went to the hospital yes and he has a little cold are you okay he says i'm okay So what does he mean i have a cold but i know it is not covid and even if it's covid i will come through without any issues now when he says okay it does not mean he doesn't have a cold or a fever or anything he doesn't have any of that now don't get afraid and call the ambulance okay what i am saying is he has heard so it depends upon it's not pretense where does this come from does it come from the truth you have believed and walking in or does it come from what you have heard what you have heard you know and that's where it says it is okay like i told you about the situation when i was caught in that storm in that plane and it was like going crazy and everybody was shouting and screaming and crying and the lady sitting next to me started crying and talking about her daughter and the husband and she's going to die and i could hold her hand said come madam come nothing will happen why could i say that because i knew i wouldn't die in that accident and i'm absolutely sure my race is not over and i still stuck for the day so i'm not going to die in this it's not going to happen it's not going to happen it's not going to happen because you already know stuff which you still have to finish which is not over yet so that gives you when they say so that it means so the the okay depends upon the question too uh-huh. it question too okay so that's how i would put it across this is uh, the last not the last question question mm-hmm. number one more it's uh, question number 9 mm-hmm. what kind of wealth that comes on earth and in heaven <laughs> i mean you you talk about if you talk about wealth riches we are not talking about material alone what wealth is what jesus said where your uh, treasure is your heart is everybody doesn't treasure everything the same way okay everybody does and some people treasure knowledge yes like okay, treasure knowledge like uh, uh, brother banu has two sons Okay, brother Banu has done. One is Itakata Senior, and there is Itakata Junior, and both are engineers. Both are engineers, and when they are both engineers, he went into academics. The younger one went into the corporate. When you go to academics, nobody will ask you what's your salary. Not ask your salary. That's irrelevant. How many papers have you published? But when you are in the corporate, nobody asks you how many papers you have published. They will ask you what's your take home take home pay. it's a take home pay because that's the whole idea how much are you making how much have you written how much you are making how much here is not how much you are making that's irrelevant mm-hmm. they'll ask you how much have you published which journal have you published because and both are in the same field same world but the treasure is different mm-hmm. you are evaluated valued differently mm-hmm. okay now imagine the younger itakata 
is working for a corporation and he's staying just simply saying take home pays 30000 and he's published 10 papers no we'll say what are you wasting your time in that company 30000 that is what beginners get that's what they will say okay now imagine he's he's one of his publication is in a big time international robotics and all he has done and uh, what how much do you make nobody asks they will say wow you got to publish in that that robotics magazine you got this thing that's all this thing on the other hand there is a prof sitting over there a lot of prof like some of these ips officers they begin has you know si this thing this finally when they are about to retire they get a dsp rank so there are professors like that also automatically they get promoted so it's a professor huh professor uh, professor oh. how many papers have you published he hasn't published anything he was just pushed up to the professor rank but he is very happy because you know his take home pay is good so you evaluate so when you are talking about treasure fundamentally if you look at the three temptations of jesus christ in the desert after 40 days fasting the devil three things the first thing was with food the second thing he t- whichever order you want to read it in luke or this thing he showed him all the nations of the world and their glory and said worship me i'll give it to you and the third thing, he took him to the top of the temple and said, jump, for it is written. Three things. And I put it three. I got it actually half asleep. The Lord told me. These are the three fundamental things which people pursue. One is got to do with pleasure. The second is got to do with power. The third is got to do with prominence. These three things people pursue. These are three primary treasures in which you follow. Pleasure. And sometimes mothers don't even understand it's right there in the child. Your baby is two months or three months and you're feeding him and look like Joshua and all that, you know. And uh, he's finished one bottle and he starts crying. So you're still hungry. Here, have it more. He's not hungry. He's not hungry. Now he's got the pleasure Mm -hmm. of drinking. He's crying for pleasure. He's not crying for hunger. And mother say, what happened? You drank so much and you're still hungry. Actually, there is a sensation in the upper and lower palate which gives you, feels you good, makes you feel good. Now he's crying because that sensation stopped. Mm-hmm. And he's not crying for hunger. So these things are inbuilt in man. Mm-hmm. Okay? The desire for pleasure, the desire for prominence, and the desire for power. The devil says, bow down, I'll give you power. And he jumps down. Is that the way you want to start your ministry? You jump down, angels will come. That's at the temple. God, your ministry is established. Everybody will accept you as the new prophet. Prominence. But the thing is that if you look at it, all three is being offered by God in eternity. Eternity. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. That is spiritual. It is eternal. The problem with every earthly pleasure, it is transitory. Yes, yes, yes. It is transitory. And there is end to it. And there is no peace ultimately. Uh, unless it is in the godly format, there is no peace or lasting joy with it. If you want to talk about prominence, scripture talks about has stars differ in glory, so will the saints. You want to talk about prominence, he will say all of eternity who fulfilled the will of God and walked with God, they will shine. Basically, that's what now you in this class and all when somebody tells an answer, they will say, don't shine, Ra. Everybody is trying to shine, no? <laughs> all these fair and lovely, fair and handsome, all these designer labels, all is shining. How long does that shine? 
what is all this got to do? I remember when we were in college, even today, it is only one showroom, Mumbai alone, that shirt is called CD, Charakdin. That shirt is expensive, only in Mumbai, it is not available, as far as I know, CD showrooms are not anywhere, they have only one this thing. Those days, the big time rich guys, children in my hostel, used to wear CD. And everybody will be looking at it, DB and CD, double bull and CD. That fellow can't pass one examination. <laughs> he can't speak two bits in English. Okay? But his shining is all in this. DB and CD. In one way or other, everybody is looking for this prominence. And God says, you have no clue. I will give you prominence. And it will be forever and ever. Then you are talking about power. He says, what are you talking about? He says, you do you know you will judge angels. So these three things are connected. All these three. But all these three things are connected with one thing common on earth and common in heaven, which is called the character of God. Mm. The character of God. So what is true riches on earth and true riches in heaven is the same thing, the character of Christ. I want to confirm you to the image of Christ Jesus. That is what we aim at. Everything else we leave behind. Mm. But if we have that, we will take with us and our judgment will be like that. That's what Paul will say. I want everyone to grow to the full maturity of Christ Jesus. Maturity of Christ Jesus. That's it. That's that's true riches. That's the actual riches we should aim for. Because you need to ask anything on earth, what is that I will carry? If you look at Job, he lost everything in chapter 1 and 2. But when you come to chapter 42, one thing alone he carried from chapter 1 to chapter 42. You know what? His character. It was untouched through it all. And God gives testimony in the beginning and the end. He's spoken right about, about me. Yes. About me. And God is able to restore to him seven times over over here because he carried one thing through. So God says, if you carry this thing through over there, you will get your riches there too, which nothing can take away. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, this is question number eight. I don't know how would you want to take that. It's okay. Um, uh, the third part, don't read, is certainly yes. delicate security clearance is needed for that third one. Okay. Oh, why would, uh, God knows everyone yeah. of the diseases in the world, every mm. one of the diseases in the world. Mm. Now, why would he not now wipe out the disease called COVID-19? Mm. Who would, who, uh, why, why would, would he, he allow the Chinese to continue making dash of the USA? A jackass of the, the USA. USA, okay. Yeah. Mm. And then President Trump will run the next term. Would mm. God allow the ones in the Illuminati to ruin the world and take the people for a ride. Hmm. And the last one. We all know who these guys are, especially the ones who are involved in the Illuminati. We all know they are truly mean and nasty. Why would God not wipe him, them out of the face of the earth? Okay. Now, all these three questions in so many ways are connected. What we need to realize, if you don't understand the fundamental purpose, then... These things are not new. Mm. These things have been there from the beginning. Why would the beginning? One, okay? From the beginning. Like we are talking in our terms and uh, uh, diseases, epidemics, pandemics were always there. They were always there. And when we are talking about uh, God is, <laughs> if you need to realize, when President Trump calls it China virus, he does not mean the virus that the Chinese people brought. He actually means a Chinese virus with the Chinese government hid the data from 
and WHO, everybody knows it, nobody wants it. media covers it, any lie can be covered. It's very true, they knew it early, they didn't tell the rest of the world, the WHO were in cahoots with them, they gave all kind of wrong advice in the beginning, that's why he calls it China virus. But they have their own agenda behind all that. So I, I believe Illuminati, they're all connected, they're all working together at this. But the problem is, behind every one of these questions is this desire for righteousness, justice. Hmm. If you look at behind every yes. one of these, what is the desire of every person who's asking these questions or has this question in their hearts? It could be simple thing, why is my husband abuse you to the level? Why can't God deal with this to the point internationally? Why can't God wipe out this COVID-19? Core of it, everything is the same thing. Lord, isn't there justice? Why can't you deal with it? But the problem is, if God, God doesn't pick and choose when he deals. If he deals, he has to deal with everything. For that, a day is set. It is called the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Day of judgment. If God says, okay, I'm going to deal with this COVID-19, what about cancer? Mm -hmm. What about the common flu? 150,000 people died of COVID-19. Uh, they didn't die of COVID-19. They died of other symptoms, other reasons. Well, COVID-19 just accelerated their... Uh, steps to towards that but 2016 if my memory is 18 uh, memory is that of of the common flu 127000 died okay so if you're looking at it if god has to deal with covid 19 god has to deal with every disease but disease is a result of the fallen man before man fell uh, <laughs> the disease did not come Okay, you're looking at the disease only as a symptom. What is the cause behind everything? The cause behind everything is sin. Mm. And God has already made a solution for that. Have you accepted a solution for sin? It's the first question God will ask. Absolutely. I made a solution for sin. Have you accepted it? Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Then everything else is only affecting your body. And like all the saints of 2000 years, you are waiting for the redemption of your body. There's a solution for this body. Whether you're living in the peak of health, you're still deteriorating. Technically speaking, every man is ill because your body is disintegrating. <laughs> Symptoms are in there, but if you were to take each cell out, you'll know cell is also going, new cells are coming, old cells are going, everything. Everybody is ill that way because your body is disintegrating, slowly deteriorating. When sin came in, what do you call that term? You can only delay it, but you cannot... Um, corruption can corruption. Be only can Corruption can be only delayed. It cannot be denied. Ultimately, everything will corrupt. Okay, even the whole earth, everything will corrupt. So when you are looking at it that way, you need to realize that God's solution is not for disease. God's solution is for sin. And it's all. And He in His mercy, because He loves everybody, and He's giving us more and more and more and more time to repent and come in. But one day, like in Noah's time, we don't know, one day God will realize enough is enough and time up. Till then, those who are saved inside the kingdom, what are they called to? They are called to pray and proclaim. Pray and proclaim. Now, the people who have written or the people who got saved in the past three months, four months, oh, many got saved through the ministry. Think about it. If Jesus had come four months early, 
What happens with the dear ones? They're all gone. All gone. Sometimes our desire for justice is not right. Because when God brings justice, He has to bring justice to everybody. Everything. It's a closure to it. Everything is over. And then all of us will be judged. Everybody's judgment is set. Everybody's judgment is set. It's like the exam, final bell ringing. Ting! The fellow who finished 10 minutes ahead, the fellow who has only answered two questions, it is judgment for everybody. You don't get extra time after that. It's over. Okay. The fellow who finished and he went through everything and corrected is feeling they're happy. The fellow who they only answered two and he's looking five more questions left, he's panicking. It doesn't make any difference. The time is up. Okay. Time is up. So somebody who's sitting here who's finished saying, Lord, I'm waiting for that day. The fellow is saying, Lord, delay. Okay. So we have to look at stuff in that way when the Bible is talking about it. Then whether President Trump will run the next term, I do believe, again depends, okay, number three. one of the reasons, one of the difference, now we have to be very, very careful. I mean, see, there are a lot of prophets who are out there, about who will say we prophesied about Trump last time. See, when there are only two candidates, you can always prophesy, one or the other will win. One or the other will win. If you really want to be a true prophet, then come out before 2016 and say in 2010, the Lord has showed me in the year 2016, a man called DJT is going to come. He is going to be the candidate and against all odds, he will win. Then I will say, okay, either you need to be of God. Okay, there is something. Because the lady, that was in Sylvia, something over there who had written about COVID-19 coming from Wuhan and all. She was a clairvoyant. She was a witch. And she died. She put it across very, very correctly than any of these modern day prophets who are talking about some message he preached two years, he will say epidemic and immediately say I prophesied. This lady told it all very clearly. Okay. But if you go and look at that, she was a medium. She was a medium. And she's dead. She's dead and gone. So you can't even call her back and ask her, how did you know this? She's dead and gone. She was a medium. So we have to be very careful about these things about. But, I look at it this way. For me, whether he wins or not is connected with what God is going to do with the church. Mm. If he thinks he needs to extend the hand of mercy of four more years to the whole world and to that nation, he will win. And nothing is going to stop it. Nothing is going to stop it. But if he believes, the only way the rest of the people will get into the kingdom is they need a real hard kick. They need to go through persecution then he will not win. But I still personally believe that, uh, I believe, um, it's not prophetic, I still believe he will win. And I believe there is incredible, see, there are two things about the, when the enemy operates. The enemy operates also when he is in panic mode. In panic mode. One, he is opening, and second, what we have in English, a term called Dutch courage. It's a false courage. And that's one of the ways in which the, the, the God allows the devil to operate. God gives the devil full courage. He's going, he's victorious when he's totally defeated. That's why scripture says, if the devil knew what was the mystery of the cross, he wouldn't have allowed Jesus to die on. He did not know his greatest point of victory was his greatest defeat. Mm-hmm. So if you see all these people, when they go into these lodges, 
And when they go into the covens and they call upon and everything and they say, they hear and, and 90% of the things they hear never come to pass. Because you look in the Bible, how do you know? Because you look into the Bible, God allows a lying spirit to come in the mouth of these prophets and tell them, you will win. And you know before Jehoshaphat and Ahab, great dramatics also will take place. And the fellow dies the next day. Lies the next day. One of the fundamental things which I realize over is in this election is the the scary part of it. Never in U.S. history, I mean, if you look at modern history, have we ever seen a dummy candidate being put across this way? I feel sorry for him. He's actually senile. He's not able to remember what he's saying. The enemy must have really been thinking, we have blinded enough number of people in U.S. We can sell anybody, they will win. The enemy near you, I mean, the, the DNC and the enemy really needs to actually believe Americans are dummies to elect this guy. To really elect this guy. I mean, he's not able to put two sentences coherently. Not even to read from his teleprompter. this thing. We know he's going, so I feel sorry for him. Actually, sorry for him. I mean, I feel pity for him. I mean, he's an old man. He's an old man in his 70s. You shouldn't be humiliating a man like that in the public. But why are they so desperate? I mean, you mean to see the end? Entire opposition of what you want to call them as opposition, they have no candidate. Hmm. They have to put a man like him. So if he becomes president, then who is going to rule actually? Who are going to the people who are going to rule from behind? So it looks very diabolic, it looks very scary, it looks very dangerous. And everything that is happening over there, one after another, seems to be pointing towards this. They are, they are petrified of Pre- Trump winning a second term. They're desperate, desperate of him reading. So everything that is happening, meaning actually they, what they say about him is true about them. They don't care how many people die of this pandemic. They don't want the pandemic to stop. They don't care if the whole nation goes bankrupt. They don't want businesses opening because how bad it will look at him, they want that happening. The race riots, everything, you no, know, everything that is happening is tuned towards November third. And like I see, Europe is opening, many nations are opening. It's not even making a blimp in the economy of anywhere. Because unless America rises, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen to the world economy. So if you ask me when will this pass, we will know on November third. That also we do not know. Because what they are pushing, because of the epidemic, they are pushing for what you call Mail-in voting. The problem of mail-in voting, it is very, very risky. Mail-in voting and absentee voting are not the same. Mm. If I am a U.S. citizen, I can ask, if I am a U.S. citizen over here in India, working here, I can ask for an absentee ballot. You can apply to this, they will give it to me. I have to prove my ID. I have to prove my ID. That I am a U.S. citizen, I have my ID, they give me. And then I vote, seal it, and give it to them. It will be marked, it will be sent, it will be valid. When it comes to mail-in voting, what the Democrats are pushing, voting is sent to everybody. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to prove anything. You have not even registered yourself as a voter. It can come to anybody. And that is a big scam. That's what the whole thing he's talking about. He's talking about, he's not talking about absent. He says absentee voting is fine. Mail-in voting is not. Though both goes through the mail, it is not the same. There are 22 million illegals in the U.S. 
what if they win meaning what if they vote, vote. Yeah. last time's presidential election was decided by less than 200000 votes what if they i mean they know very they are very clear about it the agenda is that if they win and they get those three houses they are going to give citizenship to 22 million illegals after that america is gone it will never turn red again it will be always blue every state because illegals only vote democrat only vote democrat so their agenda is very very clear and we cannot be thinking like an indian oh i am a indian i want to go immigrate to us so dnc is more favorable no you have to think as a citizen kingdom person yes kingdom person kingdom person you cannot think like that indians also were dnc that is why hello modi that at all trump walked with modi and all hoping at least 50000 indians vote for him this time that is 50000 votes why do they do all these crazy political things with modi here and modi there and all because indians don't vote republican these immigrants don't vote republican they all vote democrat but you have to once you are an american you cannot think i mean i am an indian i mean after citizenship in heaven my citizenship is india and i i, I don't disagree with some of modi's policies i don't want bangladesh is coming in here i don't want pakistan is coming on here we have too much people here we have too much people here it's not india's job to feed them what we should do is help them their economies to grow so they take care of their own people so i think so if it's go- good for the goose it is good for the gander too no it cannot be it cannot be so it's oh no no we should encourage immigration to america then i'll ask you will you encourage immigration to india or no so then you are not being just you are not being just because you need to realize the agenda is not dnc the agenda is a new world order in the new world order countries don't have borders countries don't have borders but when i look into my word scriptures is god created nations and defined their borders defined their borders you know defined their borders so these identities are there and as a kingdom person i will fight for those identities i believe in immigration yes what kind of immigration legal immigration what they are talking about is not legal immigration what they are talking about is illegal immigration and in the simple how do you understand the simple truth about it is they let us say sami went to uh, metro he went to metro and he's bought his stuff and there's a crowd over there he's standing in the queue and he's 15th on the queue and one guy comes over and pushes and goes to the front and pays his bill will everybody get upset yes. you know how many years people who are in the queue have been waiting for their green card and these people jump over the wall how many years people have gone through the legitimate channel are are waiting and waiting and waiting but they won't break the law and somebody jumps in through over there the coyote is bring them through coyote is a term used the mexican smugglers bring them over there and they are pushed over there and then suddenly you saying oh they came or we should give them citizenship and what was the whole point in waiting in the line for what was you know no like uh in exams remember you all study we all study and we get all marks and then suddenly we see one of those fellows also got 90% immediately you know he copied mm-hmm. you know this fellow copied because you know that guy doesn't know anything do you feel happy about his marks no you don't feel a man you know he didn't deserve it 
you know this guy never worked he never did any of this thing but he has copied and he was not caught and now he's got the same marks and but this is not you uh, you you are jumping through the wall so you need to realize i mean are you a just person daka i understand daka i understand deferred action for those kids who have come in and many of them are innocent they were brought in by their parents and they smuggled across now they have grown up and they are working over there what you do with them that has to be dealt in a different way around 600000 of them what i would say personally is that 600000 give them citizenship but cancel uh, chain migration for them you know what chain migration is okay half of america doesn't know their own immigration laws i can teach them chain migration is that if i become an american citizen then everybody in my family i can apply for them bring the whole mama papa grandpapa everybody in so one daka illegal get citizenship he can start bringing his whole khandan in but you came in the wrong way so he should not be allowed that that is the deterrent that is the deterrent so that we are not we accept your case you are a child you were brought in over here we understand you are innocent in this but if he allow you to have the same privileges those for those who came through legally then it is not right so we put a deterrent over there a deterrent over there but also it should not be immediate give them a time frame five years prove yourself that you will not break the laws you will not cry, commit crime because these things have to be put in over there because everything in the kingdom of god after sal- only salvation is free everything you have to earn it yes. you have to work character has to be built in mm-hmm. you don't you don't allow this that's what the whole thing is happening over there a federal courthouse is the seat of justice and you cannot allow people to come here and burn and loot and fire you cannot allow that and what kind of a party are you if you stand on and say it is peaceful it's not peaceful that is a symbol of justice if we want justice where do we go nampalli civil courts that is the place of justice we have that old structure of hyderabad and telangana high court imagine people go there and burn it see have you ever seen there's no agitation around courts the agitations are around the collectorate or the secretariat nobody fights at the courts because that's where you want justice from Amen. But here they are trying to burn the courts. And there is a whole set of people who are supporting it. And what are you trying to teach the children, the young people? Is there a sense of justice? A sense of justice? No. And what has the federal court got to do with George Floyd's death? It's got nothing to do with it. You know, but this is where you see the entire thing that is happening over here which has never happened in US history is demonic. it is demonic it's not normal therefore you look at him why are they so angry at him why do they want him out why do they want him out the simple reason he's the first president of us who never ever was factored into anybody's plan 2015 he himself did not know he would become president 2016 when he came down that escalator everybody laughed nobody thought he would win meaning he is the only president in memory who is never has belonged to any secret society he is not a guy they can control there are two ways either you control them because they have a past a secret and they have made stupid stuff and they try to control him and they all do their bidding it doesn't matter republican or democrat or second they compromise because of money this guy is a billionaire you can buy him too he takes 1 dollar salary 
So you know he's not there in for anything. He's there because he has a passion for the country. So the thing is that you have to destroy him. It is not enough they defeat him. They have to destroy him that another man like him never rises. Never rises. Who would threaten the grip of the new world order. Another man should never even think of because they have always, it's called the elite. They have always controlled the power structure for centuries. Nobody should ever threaten them anymore and he won. They never expected him to win. Nobody ever expected him to win. And they petrified he may win again. He may win again. That means four more years. Four more years. So you need to realize, you look at all that and you need to realize, Lord, what are you doing in this? What are you doing? I, we never prayed for uh, Obama or Clinton or Bush or Reagan. They were all the conservatives. All we never. But with this man, you know that his policies are connected with the kingdom of God. That's the reason. All his policies, if you look at it, aligns with the kingdom of God. Therefore, we pray for him. We pray for him. And if he is there for four more years, it's good for the church. At least we'll have a voice. If he goes, there is no more voice. That's the reason. So when you look at that question, that is how I see. Okay, Illuminati runs the world. Of course they run the world. He knows it. What he does is, every day he will put one tweet and he will trigger them all. It's actually that what they get triggered. All of them get triggered. And only if you understand how that system works, they get triggered. Immediately they will, he triggered about election should be postponed. They all went crazy one day. And he said, that's not exactly how I meant. Tomorrow he will do something else. Every day he drives them crazy. Every day he drives them crazy. And if he wins, it was worth it. They need to be driven crazy because they are crazy. We, should stop here. we will stop there. Tomorrow is Sunday. We have communion, by the way. Please, I hope you have your elements with you. Tomorrow we'll have communion. And uh, so many of you have received the Holy Spirit today. And I'm praying all of you, everybody will receive because the only thing that can stop the tide of evil is a spiritual people. You know? And uh, if you don't believe in it, we still love you. We're still part of you and you are part of us. But it will suddenly, we were all, uh, we had, none of us believed in any of these things. And then when it happened, we realized it happened and it is real. So like that, no, it will happen. And uh, pray, pray, like, you know, pray for, like I said, three things. Pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Pray for President Trump. Pray for the pan pandemic. I do not know how to pray for I, honestly, I'll tell you very personally, when I pray for the pandemic, I pray for the pandemic to lose its grip over U.S. I don't pray for other nations, other than individual cases. Because I don't know what God's will is for other nations with the pandemic. But I know the pandemic is affecting the kingdom process in U.S., I'm very, very clear what I'm not very sure of. I'm very, very clear, Lord. Let the pandemic lose its grip over U.S. Yes. And let, Lord, if it is your will, and I do believe, Lord, 
that. Let him win a second term, but not just let him actually win. Huge. Last time he got 306. I believe it will be bigger than that. Bigger than that. And I pray that the African-American believers, their eyes will be opened. Eyes will be opened that they will know that he is not against them. He is for them. And he's not what the media says. He's actually a very kind, compassionate man. He's a very kind man, compassionate. He was a playboy. You leave all that. But he always had this kind, compassionate streak. You have to hear his stories of how he has helped so many people quietly. Very quietly has helped a lot of people. And, you know, so you have to, to look at all that and... And the best, best thing to look at why, if I was American, I will vote Trump is I look at his enemy. <laughs> Boy, you guys really, really hate him, right? That means there is something about him is absolutely true. I look at you, I want to vote for him. I want to vote for him. I want to vote for him. Because I look at, I know you, you guys, I know you. I have read you through and through. I know your ideology. I know what you stand for. I know the mess the world is in is because of you. You are all involved in this mass, most massive corruption humanity has ever seen. And therefore, I look at this man. Okay, that's my saying. And they will pray. What, what audacity that they have that they, they think that they deserve power and nobody else deserves it. What, what is yep. that? I mean, what are now? But that's, that's, that's the way the, elite, that's the way the elite worked. That's the way. And it is a wake-up call for India too. And in so many ways, you need to realize the Congress thought power was theirs until Modi came and kicked them out. Now, people should not. In a democracy, people need to be very, very careful. Okay, very, very, very careful. It's a wake-up, wake-up for them. Wake-up for them. They never learned their lessons. The old generations, they're all great men, good men. But after that, they thought it belongs to them. And they had the entitled. This is the entitlement mentality comes in, you know. But the problem is, we are in a mess in this country too. It's a really, really big mess. Economically big mess. But, it, like I said, kingdom people should not be worried about economics. Amen. We should be only worried about the leadership we get because we need peace. It's our job to pray for leadership and not for economy. That God will handle. We'll pray, Pastor Vijay. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you, Lord. First day, tomorrow, first Sunday of the eighth month, all your children everywhere, help us to gather, Lord. Help us to gather. Help us to gather, Lord. Help us to come into your presence with thanksgiving. Help us to break bread, having judged ourselves, the body of Christ, the blood of Jesus, Help us to prepare tonight yes, Lord. to come to your table. Prepare our hearts to hear your voice and receive your teaching. Prepare, Lord. Prepare. And I speak rest into everyone's heart, Lord. Let everyone be at rest, knowing God, their Father, is in absolute control, oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We thank you, Father, for today. We thank you for everything you did these seven months. We have begun this eight month with such a beautiful way, Lord. Thank you for all the testimonies we heard today, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go with us, go before us. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.